The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. So good to be inside in a jet. Generally, it's a dry place to be. There is the odd damp spot around the building where the roof's leaking, but it's good to be dry on the inside, um, not, not out in the rain um, at the moment. Although there will be a few people getting wet a little bit later with baptisms, which is absolutely brilliant. Are you? I, I love baptisms. Do you like baptisms? Yeah. Sam likes baptisms. Tom likes baptisms. The rest of you, I think, are not... I, I just think it's so good... Um, as we listen to people's stories of what Jesus has done in their lives and we celebrate as they go under the water, saying their old life is dead and as they come up out of the water, just as Christ was raised from the dead, so they too are raised by the glorious power of God to live a new life for Him. I Let me give you a little instruction. I lead the church, so I feel like I'm able to do this. I expect a bit more enthusiasm from you all when people are coming out of the baptism pool in about half an hour's time. Is that all right? Have we got an agreement there? Excellent. Okay, because it's, it's definitely it's important that we do. So we are finishing um, up our Nutrients Preach series. Um, this morning, myself and Dan, we are sharing it. So on about 10 to 12 minutes, if I'm still talking, you have absolute permission to throw something at me. Um, and I will try and dodge it while I carry on talking until I hand over to um, Dan. We, we, we've been looking at faith. We've been looking at forgiveness. We've been looking at thanksgiving. We've been looking at grace. This morning, I'm going to be looking at that whole subject of forgiveness again. And we're going to be looking at the whole, whole area of persevering, persevering in forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is a difficult subject because it it links in often with an awful lot of hurt. It can link in with painful memories. And so as we, we dealt with it back in October, we're dealing with it again today. We are going to try and do it in a sensitive, thoughtful way. But we also want to be very clear because the Bible is very clear when it comes to this whole subject of thanksgiving, of thanksgiving, forgiveness. Maybe that's the one I really wanted to do. Maybe I thought I got the short straw on forgiveness. And back in October, we saw that forgiveness is given to us by God. We receive it free, but it isn't cheap. It was incredibly costly for Jesus. We saw that we need to forgive others because we have been forgiven much and our forgiving of others is empowered by the fact that we have been forgiven ourselves. And if you can't remember the preach, and don't worry if you can't, because to be honest, I spoke it and I can hardly remember it, why not go online and have another, have another listen to it? Sometimes I think we can have an unrealistic view of what it was like to live in New Testament biblical times. I think we can think that some sort of utopia existed. And, and maybe we also think that if God just poured out a little bit more of his Holy Spirit, some sort of utopia would exist for us right here and now. You know, there'd be no more sin. There'd be no more sickness. There'd no, be no more disappointments. There might not be any more anxiety. And truth is, we think there would be no need to forgive anyone. 
It would all, all just go if God just poured out a little bit more of his Holy Spirit. But the truth is, when you look at the New Testament, you find it wasn't really like that at all. In actual fact, New Testament church looked quite a lot like us and, and what our lives are like and some of the challenges that we go through. That's why it says in Colossians 3 verse 13, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. That word grievance isn't something that we use very often, but basically it means if, if someone's wound you up, if someone has upset you, if someone has offended you, any of those sorts of words you could put in that place, it says, do you know what? If any of those things have happened, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. And I think one of the things that made the early church stand out wasn't the fact that they were perfect, because they weren't, not if you read the same Bible as me. What you'll find is, though, that they had learnt to forgive. They'd learnt what it was to do relationships with each other and overcome pain and offence and difficulty on the way through life. And so the first half of this preach, and I feel a little bit odd doing this, but I really feel in God this is the right thing to do. In the first half of this preach, I'm just going to look at five instances in the New Testament where forgiveness was needed. There are five different instances, and I believe the reason that I'm going to do that is because some of these will connect with you. As I'm saying it, you'll think, oh, I think I need to, prov I need to forgive in this situation. Does that make sense? Then Dan's going to come up and he's going to talk about perseverance in forgiveness. But I just want to look at five particular instances, and you may be able to relate to some of them. First one, forgiving God. Now, let's be clear at the very beginning, God doesn't actually need forgiveness because he doesn't sin. He doesn't get things wrong. But the truth is, in walking through life, there will be times when you get offended by God. He, he, he's going to do stuff and you're going to take offence at what he has done. There will be times when he doesn't turn up when you think he should, or there will be times when you feel that God has let you down. That's that's my experience anyway. There's one such instance um, in the life of Jesus that I felt drawn to. And it's in the death of Lazarus. It says this. Now, sorry, Lazarus was a close friend of Jesus. And it says this. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill... He stayed where he was two more days. I don't know about you, but that doesn't make any sense. So, so, so he, he hears that Lazarus is ill and he decides to stay there even though he loves Lazarus. Lazarus dies. That's the result of it. Lazarus dies and Jesus arrives too late. Death is awful. But imagine in those days where there would be no pain relief, there would have been none of the hospital care. We don't know what it was that made Lazarus die, but Lazarus went through it, so did Martha, so did Mary, and Jesus didn't turn up on time. 
And when Jesus does turn up, this is what Mary, Lazarus' sister, said. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. I, I reckon, now we know, if you know your Bibles well, you'll know that Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. But I reckon Martha, Mary and Lazarus would have had to have processed that event and the pain they went through because God didn't show up when they needed him to. And there will be people here today where God has not turned up when you needed them to and you've got to process that with God. Secondly, forgiving church. In Acts chapter 6, we find vulnerable widows that go uncared for. It says in Acts 6 verse 1, In those days the number of believers was growing. The Greek Jews complained about the non-Greek Jews. They said that the widows of the Greek Jews were not being taken care of. They weren't getting a fair share of food each day. Here we find the early church missing out on a whole segment of the community in its feeding program. That's what was going on. One group of widows was well cared for, another group of widows was overlooked, and it appears to have been on racial stroke language divide. It's what, what group they were in. Now that is not all right. We, we know that's not all right. And the leadership in the church put it right. But it will have still caused pain and hurt for those who are overlooked, wouldn't it? Forgiving the church was needed. And for some of you here today, it might be your past church. It might be this church. It might be this leadership team. And you know in your hearts you've got to forgive. You know you do. And by the way, none of these things I know are easy. But I really feel the Holy Spirit wants to highlight different areas because he wants you to do business with him. The third one. They're getting harder. Well, maybe not, I don't know. Forgiving murder, imprisonment and more. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but before the Apostle Paul became a follower of Jesus, he was an absolutely, well, key in the, in the Bible. He did awful things to Christians. He did awful things to the early church. This is what it writes about him. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. The Apostle Paul actively persecuted the early church. And then he dramatically comes to know Jesus. And actually later on he becomes a leader in the church. Can you imagine being in the church in Jerusalem when the Apostle Paul turns up and he had your sister put in prison, or he had your dad flogged, or even worse, and there he is standing right in front of you. you know, and you might be really pleased that he's a Christian, but he still did those things to you. The early church would have had something really gritty to, to grapple with, wouldn't they? Really hard. I don't know what level of trauma that early church in Jerusalem would have gone through, but it would have been difficult and forgiveness would have been needed. Number four, forgiving the way it was done. 
Uh, this is a bit of an odd one. You might be thinking, what, what on earth do you mean by this? Well, look, in Galatians chapter 2, there are two church leaders who have a big falling out. You know, church leaders do have big fallings out at time. And Paul, who's a big church leader, and Peter, Paul confronts Peter. And this is what it says in Galatians 2 verse 11. When Peter came to Antioch, I told him to his face that I was against what he was doing. He was clearly in the wrong. Really bold, really blunt. Now, at one level, Peter can probably accept the challenge. But the fact is, Paul did it in front of the church. So can you imagine Sam coming up to me, not nicely, quietly to me, you know, like in a little side room, Sam comes up and he says, Paul, I think you've got this wrong. But Sam does it in front of all of you and says, Paul, you've done this wrong and you shouldn't be doing it. Well, well that is what the Apostle Paul does to the Apostle Peter. And I wonder if Peter struggled, maybe not with what was said to him, but how he did it. Can any of you relate to that? Where, where people have come and maybe corrected you and you think, well, you're probably right in that, but you didn't get it right. You didn't do it in the right way. And, and the problem, of course, with that is you can never really do it 100% right. There's, there's, always, there's always room to get it wrong. And sometimes I think it's possible that we can hide behind the offence that we feel that something was done wrong rather than even checking our own hearts you know, was there an element of truth that I need to deal with? But, but forgiveness can be needed in this. And then lastly, forgiving friends. This, this makes me giggle and I'm so pleased I'm not one of the two of these ladies in this. Basically, there's an instance in the Bible where two ladies fall out and it's in the church at Philippi. They get mentioned in the Bible and the only reason they get mentioned in the Bible is because they fell out. We don't know anything else about them apart from these two ladies didn't agree. This is what Paul says as he's writing to the church at Philippi. I entreat, I plead with Euodia and I entreat and I plead with Synthiki to agree in the Lord. Now I'm, I'm struggling a little bit on the pronunciation of their names but, but basically what Paul is saying is you two ladies, you're not agreeing and you need to agree in the Lord. And for the next 2,000 years and beyond they are going to be famous in the church as two ladies, whatever else they did, two ladies that fell out with each other. <laughs> How gutting is that? Can you imagine you've had a falling out of your friend at King's? <laughs> and it's going to be written in the eternal word of God for everyone else to read. How brilliant is that? Truth is, though, we fall out in church. If we are in relationship with each other, we will fall out with friends. And there will be people here right now, you've fallen out with them and your relationship with them has drifted because you have not dealt with whatever that was that needs dealing with. Here I've just highlighted five areas where forgiveness was needed in the New Testament church. Forgiving God, forgiving the church and its leadership, forgiving in, in a massive amount of trauma, forgiving the way it was done, and forgiving friends. I know for me that forgiveness is a live issue. Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples to pray, brought forgiveness right into the heart of it. It's a daily prayer. Church, I want to encourage you. Get good at forgiveness. 
get good at it. It is hard. It is difficult. It cuts right to the heart here. But get good at it. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Lovely. Cool. Thanks so much, Paul, for that. Um, We're going to be kind of swiftly moving on. uh, And I say we're going to be looking more at perseverance in forgiveness. And um, I want to be honest from the get-go. This is something that actually I really have to wrestle with pretty much most months, if I'm honest, um, without going into all the detail. Um, But actually, there are a number of times, maybe key times in the year where I know I have to re-forgive. Um, and so, you know, if I'm really honest, even on my wedding day, the, one of the best days of, of my life, you could say, actually, I was having to forgive. Even on my wedding day, I remember just going into a little side room and just having just to work it out with God and saying, God, I'm hurt. This, this sucks, if I'm honest. And um, actually, this is something that's really real and really kind of just, yeah, at times difficult. If I'm honest, sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I get it wrong. But um, hey, we're learning together. And that's all right. I just want to read the verse again. Okay, I, I, I like getting into this. So the verse, Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any, of you have, uh, if any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And as Paul shared, it sounds like forgiveness is kind of, kind of key in the Bible. Um, It sounds like, actually, we hear story after story of disagreements and then reconciliation in a variety of different ways. And actually, it sounds like, according to the Bible, actually, we need to really get our heads and our hearts around this. But sometimes I think when you read that verse, we can sometimes think it's it's like a magic spell, right? We kind of go, right, forgive one another. Done. Done. That's all it needs, right? That's all I've got to do. And um, I don't know about you, but sometimes it does feel a bit more challenging than that. Sometimes it is that. Sometimes it is a you know, case of forgiving and done. But actually, sometimes it's a bit of a challenge. And I, I don't know about you. I don't know if you've seen the Adidas video that's gone around for the World Cup. Um, some of you probably have. Some of you probably are probably sick and tired of the football already. But um, if you haven't seen it, uh, we're going to play it so all of us are in the same page. This is my family. Every World Cup, we all get together. Mate, let's go. Vamos, Karim. Karim eats goals for breakfast. Leo, he's one of a kind. With Sunny, everything's brown. Nobody's faster than Hakeem's. Serge's style is unbeatable. You can't forget about your West Storms. When football is everything, impossible is nothing. Cool. So we're all on the same page. Yeah, if you're like me, you don't really know who half those people really are. You're kind of like, 
You know, I know some of them, but I haven't got a clue who most of them are. Um, let me kind of quickly go through it. Um, in that advert, what Adidas are trying to say is, by wearing the brand, you become the best at something. So for example, um, Messi, he's very good at football, but in the video, he's very good at playing table football like that. He's just the best at it. Um, there's a, a player, son, who uh, he has the best teeth. So it's just about, not just about football, it's about having the best kind of style. Uh, there's a player called Hakimi. I'll tell you what, I've never felt so masculine in my life. Hakimi, he can finish a puzzle like that. So he's intellectually brilliant. Um, and you see at the end, we have that, whoever it is, that person at the end, he gets the t-shirt, he gets the socks, he gets the bag, he gets the shorts, all Adidas. And basically what they're saying is, you are the best if you wear those clothes. You can do things instantly if you wear them. You are top level. And as you see, their tagline is, impossible is nothing. Right? It's easy. You can do it. The reality is, actually, this isn't always the case. And if you watch the World Cup, actually, we've seen games where, you know, football teams, uh, Saudi Arabia, they've, you know, they've gone and beaten the teams. They would have said that was impossible. But actually, sometimes we think with forgiveness, we can do it just like that. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes that is the case. Sometimes we can forgive very quickly. So it's not always having to be uh, a process. But I don't know about you. Often I find sometimes it is a bit of a process. Sometimes I have to just do some business with God and just kind of work it out a little bit. And I don't know about you. Often, sometimes we, as humans, we like things to be quick. So we um, often talk about the younger generation as the microwave generation. They want things instantly. Actually, if I'm honest, I think that's kind of a human generation. We often just want things to happen just like that. And it's kind of like, God, come on, keep up, keep up, come on. Actually, I think sometimes when it comes to forgiveness, God just wants us to come back to him again and again and again and work it out. And I wonder when we forgive, and in my little notes I put forgive, a bit like that. You know, we say, oh, I, I forgive Paul. He really hurt me, which obviously isn't true but because um, he's a lovely, lovely person. But imagine if you can, he really upset me. And I go, oh, I forgive. That'll do. Don't feel any different. I've just, I've just said the words. How many times do we honestly say that? Do you know what I mean? Honestly, go, oh, I forgive. Uh, there we go. It's challenging, but often, actually, I wonder if sometimes we, we just do that just to kind of move on. But how many times do we truly forgive, hand on heart, say, you know, I forgive this person. When Paul really upsets you, I really do forgive him. God, will you come and bless him? It's difficult. But if we go that place and we say, I truly, honestly forgive, and we maybe don't feel any different, let's go again. God, come. I want to forgive. In that verse, in Colossians 3.13, if you look at the very first word, it says the word bear with, you know, or bear. And I, I kind of think a little bit of, Scripture kind of says, you know, it's going to be a process. It's gonna, it might take a bit of time. Bear with, hold tight, keep going. And I, like I said, there'll be times where actually bear with is going to be very quick. Paul upsets, he's, you know, he's, he's just said something a bit mean, I can actually choose to forgive very quickly in that moment, let's say. Or, you know, he's just a bit rude. I can choose to forgive quite quick. For some of us, it might take a bit longer, but I think actually we need to be learning to forgive quickly. 
But there is going to be times where it does need to be more of a process. And when we decide to persevere in, in forgiveness, I was going to say persevere in prayer, but persevere in forgiveness, actually, I guess we're also opening ourselves up a little bit. We are being a little bit vulnerable with God. You know, we could get hurt again. I'll be honest, there's been times where I've decided to open myself up with the risk of being hurt, and it's happened. And so what I have a choice. Do I forgive or not forgive? And actually, I find that when I forgive, there is something freeing of that. But it's a process sometimes. Now, one of the things I love about the scripture, it doesn't say forgive or you know, bear with each other, uh, bear with each other and forgive one another and it'll be done instantly. That's, that's not what it's saying. Sometimes as Christians, we've just got to give things time and space and keep going. And if you're still not too sure about forgiveness, uh, in Matthew, uh, Matthew 18, 21 um, and 22, it says this. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Now, I do sometimes wonder, what was Jesus really saying here? What was he truly, truly saying? Was he saying that we had to forgive just 77 times? You know, you've, I don't know, you've got a little tally. You know, I've forgiven them once, tally. Forgiven them twice, tally. I don't think that's the case. I think we sometimes get a bit fixated on the number of, right, 77, tally. But actually, I think kind of what he's saying is we don't need to hold on to the amount of times. Actually, we just need to keep on going. If you're like me, you're going to lose count after about three. And so you carry on going in forgiveness. For some of us to come to a genuine place of forgiving someone time and time again, we might have to, over our lifetime, forgive them 15 times. Over our lifetime. For some of us, we might have to come to a place of forgiveness for someone a hundred times. Do you know what I mean? I don't know um, what's going on in people's lives. But sometimes we have to just keep going. And I was remembering actually with this, you know, imagine if God said, I'm only going to forgive you 77 times. I tell you what, God forgiven me, I'd been a Christian for about 20 minutes before God forgave me 77 times. Okay, like this actually is not about the number. It's about just keep going to God, keep pressing in, keep on forgiving. We mess up daily. We mess up daily. I've messed up already. Do you know what I mean? Today, my son was in tots for about 30 seconds, okay? I had to forgive him because it put a bit of stress on my life. But do you know what I mean? Like, actually, we got to keep forgiving as God forgives us. Whoops. And for some of us, actually, you might be saying, Dan, I'll be honest, I can't forgive. It's too difficult. It's not possible for me to forgive if you knew what they had done to me. Now, I just really honestly want to pause. And actually, when we are forgiving someone, we're not excusing what they've done. We're not saying it's right. And for some instances, actually, there might need to be justice in that. And so we're not kind of letting them off the hook in that sense. But let's look at Scripture. I'm convinced that Paul wouldn't have wrote this about forgiving if it wasn't possible. He knew actually it was possible. It might be difficult. There's a difference in being impossible and difficult. There's a big difference. 
But actually, I'm convinced when Paul wrote it, he was going, we can do this. We can forgive. And if you're still not too sure, in Luke 1, 37, it says, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, I've not walked in your shoes. I don't know who you might even be thinking, actually, I need to forgive, you know, whoever it might be. I don't know what challenges are even on your heart as we share about this. But the Bible says if nothing is impossible with God, then actually we can forgive. Imagine you're in your room or study or living room or wherever it might be, and you're choosing to forgive. And sometimes, you know, it's the hand on heart moment through gritted teeth, if that's what it needs to be. Remember, you're not doing this alone. I love what Paul shared earlier on, how Jesus comes with us. Actually, they even in our prayers of forgiving someone, that is happening. God is with you. He's holding your hand. And when you're saying, this is so difficult, God is saying, well done. Keep going. And if you're still not too sure about forgiving someone, it says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. God forgives us all the time. So let's keep forgiving. I'm going to read a quick story. It's a, a story that we have read out before um, from a person called Jane. Jane's not part of, part of the church or anything like that. Um, but it's from a book called Keys to Freedom. So this is a real story, um, and I'm going to read it real quick. It says this, And it's not like I hadn't already tried to forgive. There was a time in my life when I thought I had forgiven. But I soon learned that forgiving was not simply forgetting. No matter how hard we try to escape from reminders of past offences, rejections or regrets, we cannot simply erase the experiences of our life like they didn't happen. And yet for many years I tried to do just that. And I believe that, I, uh, I believe that this was walking in forgiveness. I remember standing in church in the midst of God's people, trying my hardest to walk and talk like I was healed, to sing and worship like I was whole. I tried, I really did. But on the inside, behind his fortifications, my defences remain guarded. I love that. I mean, even that first, ver uh, first paragraph, you know, it was an act. I was just, I hadn't really done business with God, and I acted like I had. It's a, a challenge. Years later, when I could no longer be satisfied with the stalemate, uh, in a group session, I heard the session leader speak these words. Forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a choice. What? The word had escaped my lips before I'd even realised it, and the session leader looked me in the eye and repent, uh, repeated her statement. It was simple yet profound truth. So simple I needed to hear it twice. Yet whilst it was simple, it was not easy. I realised in the moment that I'd held the key to my own freedom, and in order to unlock my pain, I would need to face it. The truth was I could never come to the point of feeling ready, this was a simple yet costly choice. And I had, no, I had to trust the feeling would follow. I was beginning to realise that if I was going to choose to forgive, I needed to acknowledge what I was forgiving. My heart was beating in my chest as memories arose. My fists were clenched and my teeth were grinding, but my mind was made up. I spoke each word out loudly as testimony to God and to myself of the decision I was making. And I released forgiveness to my abuser through gritted teeth. This one act was the first crack in the fortifications of my life. And like a river that bursts its banks from overflow, 
I choose, uh, I chose to forgive, uh, to continue to forgive my abuser and all those who had hurt me until my life overflowed with forgiveness. So the next day I returned to that same spot and I released forgiveness again. And the next day I did the very same again and the next and the next. One day, and in the brackets it says, and I purposely do not tell you how many days passed because passed by because our deepest healing sets its own pace. I noted a difference in my prayers. Where previously I had pushed each word from my mouth, now my words flowed, and I found myself releasing not only forgiveness to my abuser, but compassion and a prayer for his salvation. This was not an attempt to feel healed. This was an overflow of healing ushered in through my choice to forgive. I don't you find that amazing? This person, I don't know this person, but this person's decided to persevere in forgiveness. And every day she goes back to wherever it was, the same place. And it's like, I'm going to forgive. And it's like a crack in the wall. Next day, I'm going to forgive. Crack in the wall. Until eventually, I don't know if you saw it at the end, it ends up with her actually praying for the other person. It started with herself saying, God, I need to forgive. And it ended with, God, come and forgive this person. Come and save this person. I don't know about you, but where does our prayers end up on? And I I think this morning, some of us just need to make a decision to forgive. And there's going to be opportunity for that later on in the meeting or whilst you're having a tea and coffee, uh, you can speak to someone if you want to. But I'm going to hand back over to Paul, who's going to lead us into baptisms. Thanks, Dan. Brilliant. Can I invite the band back up, please? That would be great. I know, you know, I know we're talking about difficult things. It's it's hard. Um, For some of you, the the, the prompt will mean that you can can process it and you can work it through yourself. Um, For others of you, you're going to need help. And I think if you do need help in this whole area of forgiveness, please, please do talk to your connect group leader, maybe to one of the pastors here, talk to Sam or Paul. They'd be happy to talk um, with you and pray with you. There's some, just a practical, um, some practical help here. I'll just leave them on the front of the stage. Sheet of paper which basically will lead you through what you need to do if you want to work through forgiveness with someone. So do feel free, they'll be there at the end of the meeting, do feel free just to uh, uh, grab, grab that. The reason we can forgive is because Jesus has forgiven us. Because we are recipients of the mercy of God. Why don't we just stand for a moment and... Uh, I'm just going to pray for us. Lord, I, I want to thank you for your your never-ending stream of mercy and forgiveness, Lord God, that we are recipients of. Lord, I thank you that what we receive for free cost you so much. It certainly wasn't cheap mercy. It's not cheap forgiveness, Lord God. Lord, it took you dying on a cross for our sin. And right now we just say thank you. We have been forgiven so much. And I ask for your grace and I pray the enabling of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, you are here helping us right now. But where we're battling even in our heads in this whole air of forgiveness, I pray 
that we'd know your grace in it. As Dan said, it's not doesn't flow out of a feeling. It flows out of a decision because we know your word. The Bible tells us to do it. So I pray, would you help us? Particularly those who are struggling with big stuff that's gone on in their lives from the past. I pray you'd come close. They'd know your nearness and your closeness. In this we pray. We ask for that in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.